This episode of Bulldogs Our Podcast is brought to you by Bulldogs NFT. We are three dumb digs aiming to make a huge difference in the Web3 space. For more information regarding our Bulldogs NFT project, head to our socials, Bulldogs underscore NFT on both Instagram and Twitter, and our website, www.bulldogsnftrange.com. The Wardogs Hour podcast aims to inspire people by sharing real-life experiences and what possibilities we have at our fingertips using our connections, skills and disciplines learned from our time in the military. Let's spin some mad worries and have a laugh. Hi, boys. I have a question for the men. What the fuck do you want? What is it? I can't figure it out. This morning we have Jacob and John from another solid Web3 project, Outback Martians. Jacob served alongside the founders of War Dogs in the mighty 5 Hour Battalion and served and John served in the English Army as a grunt. Both men served a stellar and decorated career and have now found themselves running a successful NFT project that aims to improve mental health through the stream of comedy. With laughs come improved mental health and these men put a strong focus on that and are, are aiming to build their own facility so that this can become so in real life. Good morning, fellas. Obviously, the team here are a little bit damaged this morning, but how are you boys this morning? I'm doing all right. Not too bad. I'm coming down for a cold though, so... We're feeling about fucking three steps better than Dotty. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be hard, mate. We're um, below zero at the moment. And, John, uh, <laughs> obviously um, you boys have travelled down from Brizzy today. We appreciate that. So we're going to dive in um, a little bit about your post-military careers here, not necessarily what you're doing um, as a job, but more um, your entrepreneurial um, aspect of life now. Um, I'm just going to start by saying, um, boys, what was your life – like leading into the army, like two years beforehand. So, Jack, we'll just start with you, mate. Ah, uh, two years before, and I was. Oh, like, rough. You know, whatever. Just give us a little spiel leading into the army. Yeah. Um, I had a pretty fucking crazy life, man. To be honest, yeah. like my parents are still together. We were fucking. It's a very sheltered childhood. They're, they're quite religious people, so yeah. it was crazy, man. Went through high school, started smoking a shit ton of weed, and then uh, after left that and decided I was going to join the army, cleaned it up, and then joined man in mid 2000 uh 2009 so would you say that um you know you joining the army was sort of a you know to clean your life up or just a, a career you wanted to do oh no it's something i always wanted to do yeah like it was something that i'd always ever since i was little i'd wanted to do two things i I wanted to be in films and i wanted to be a soldier yep. and i kind of hated school i didn't like studying i was like hanging out with my boys and the mates common so. theme with all of our guests at the moment they yeah. um they're all yeah. saying, you know, we didn't do real well at school. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the founders here didn't do extremely well either. But, you know, Dottie seemed to do all right. So don't know why he's sitting here with us. But anyway. Um, yeah, John, what about you, mate, leading into the army? Oh, it was a bit, bit different for me. Um, yeah. Uh, when I joined, I was pretty young. I was only, oh, I was not even 16. Yeah. Like in UK. Oh, you um, joined when you were 16? I was 15 and fifteen years old and eight months. It's the youngest age you can join back in UK. Oh, yeah. What is young. it here? Is it 17 here? 17, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're just built different in UK. We're a bit stronger than that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just little, no muscle, all yeah. cardio, yeah, run from the, everything. I remember seeing all the um, pommies over there. They're just um, smaller men, aren't they? Yeah, but we can carry more oh, and yeah. go faster. So that's just the way we're built. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was a bit of a different 
Different. I grew up in a council estate back in the UK, in, yep. uh, up in Yorkshire, and uh, yeah, definitely, definitely a different breed up there. Um, <coughs> obviously, in UK, there's more people living in a more it's more dense areas where we've got more people living there. So you're, everyone's on top of each other. Growing up in a council estate, it was uh, a different different bag of fish. Um, dealing with a lot more uh, shit over there, I guess. Your upbringings are very different. There's a lot of addiction and shit around you. So yep. for me, I was the same. <clears throat> Absolute nightmare in school. Uh, I, I used to get excluded from school and then climb back through one of the windows and go back into school to cause more shit. I just couldn't, couldn't really help myself. Yeah. Uh, I knew that I, pre I pretty much at that point knew I had two choices. I was, um, I, was I don't think I was smart enough to roll into like this college and unit. I, I just didn't have the capacity to sit there and learn it. Yep, yep. Uh, so I jumped into the army side of things from yeah a very young age. Still, still a, realistically a boy. Um, my uh, adulthood came from military. Yeah, right. It's fifteen and fifteen and eight months. I can't. I don't think I'd even hit puberty by then. Yeah, let alone being able to carry a fucking um, pack and a rifle and you know contemplate going um, on deployment at that age is insane. Um, is it was it full full blown army though? I just remember listening to an interview where yeah. it's like a almost like a um, more advanced Boy Scouts thing leading into. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's not Boy Scouts. No, but you know, you know what I mean. Like it's, it's, it's like not like fucking doing brownies. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I mean, yeah. fucking selling cookies yeah. Yeah. on the side, yeah. Yeah. raising money for the you unit. Yeah. You shave your legs, you weirdos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, do, you do the back of my legs for me. No, it's courage. It's childbearing hips. Um, now we are, it's called the, it's called an, it's Army Foundation College. So how it works is if you join at a younger age, they put more time into you as future leaders. Yeah. So when it comes to promotion and stuff like that, if they pink, if like they, some of the guys that were part of the platoon that I was in at that age, they'd, um, if they had certain, I guess if they were pretty smart or clicked on and that, they might've got picked up and put through uh, university, through the military, and then they'd, pick up on the back end of that, go Sanders and become an officer. Um, so kind of like cadets here in Australia. That's, no, yeah, that's more what I was it's looking not for. Fucking cadets. <laughs> no, cadets are completely fucking. You can't, you can't just walk out and leave. Like, you signed, you signed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the only way you can leave at that age is that if um, this is going to make it sound like cadets, if your mum and dad rang and said we're, we're pulling them out. Yeah, so cadets. Yeah, cadets. No, yeah. Cadets. six. <laughs> that's, you, what you describe them, <laughs> it's cadets, mate. mate it, yeah, I mean, we had people in Kapuka. I'm pretty sure their mum and dad rang. Uh, Kapuka and got them out as well, the little weaklings. Uh, <laughs> Snowflakes. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Little. We had a dude um, first night. I remember that. Yeah. He was banging his head against the toilet door. He's like, "I'm not fucking staying here." Like, <laughs> we're all looking at him like, "You weak little dog." That's still like, cuddles. We like. haven't even been yelled at yet. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, so moving on from like your um, first stage there, whatever you want to call it, the cadets or whatever it is. Okay, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you knew this was coming, eh? Uh, yeah. It was coming. Yeah. We were coming in red hot too. Now we're, we're a little bit damaged as well. So the comedy is just going to flow here. Uh, yeah. um, so moving on from that, like what was your time like um, serving um, in the English army? And how long did you serve for too? So it, it's um, British army. Sorry to correct you there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, uh, so I served for eight years. When when you got into the foundation, like into that foundation college again, like you are you are pretty young. I'm glad I I'm glad I joined that young because I feel like um, definitely looking back from I guess the last two years I spent there, going back into the aspect of training, <clears throat> training recruits coming through, um, things changed massively. So when I joined, it was still very much a character building thing. There was yeah. no such thing as bullying. Um, 
So my first, my first, I've always had an answer for everything. So my first six weeks, I had a, um, one of the guys from um, Five Scots, uh, Black Watch, they're called, and he's a big, big fat Highlander, and he was telling me me like my bed, my like your bunk was all done wrong. And I had uh, the the year before's picture of it, so I corrected him. Biggest mistake I probably made, and he smacked me in the mouth. He, I don't think his intentions were to fracture my jaw, but that's what he did. He wow. told me to get up. I'm not, wasn't even 16, like literally. Um, still Child abuse. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out that dude. Yeah. <laughs> good, good, good yeah. bloke. Well done, mate. Good yeah. bloke. Great, great bloke. Sounds um, like it, yeah. But yeah he, Going he, to battle with him, though. Yeah. What a warrior. Oh, hell. <laughs> and he told me to, um, he told me to, um, oh, he told me to stand up and close my mouth before he breaks my nose as well. And that's before you were 16. That didn't happen in these day and age. Like you'd, you'd, you'd fucking, well, the amount of money you'd get if that happened now would be ridiculous. I wouldn't be sat here doing Oh, yeah. If you were doing that in Australia, you'd be on a DVA for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. But that, 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 I learnt more about him because um, you've got to spend 12 months there. And I, as I got to battalion and we, um, um, we were doing pre-deployment training with five Scots and we were talking around him, he's called there. Uh, and there's a long-going story where his wife cheated on him with one of the boys while he was away. And um, that, that bloke was in his bed. Classic. This, <laughs> this guy went in with, um, what do you call it, a lighter fluid while this guy was asleep squirted all over the bottom of his bed and all and sent him on fire. His legs was on fire when he woke up. So he, he's known to be a bit of a fucking nutcase. It's a warrior for a go. Yeah, oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. We didn't have anything that ex- like extreme, eh? Yeah. No. I look back on my time, I'm like, fuck, yeah, we got it pretty easy, eh? Yeah. I mean, I got, I got ridden a bit because I was a bit of a dick, but... Was. Yeah. It's typical Australians. Yeah, it you was. Get an easy run. Yeah, it, I mean, we, we get it pretty easy and especially now, I think... Um, you know, the boys and girls that are coming through now, um, they don't know what it was like and we don't know what it was like for um, the people before us. Mm. And, um, you know, Jacob, you served <coughs> with us at Five Eye Out. What yeah. um, is your view on, um, you know, your time in the Army, mate, and um, how Five Eye Out treated you? I mean, this could get interesting. <laughs> we won't go too deep, you know, about the trials and tribulations in Darwin and mm. Fiverr, but we've only was, got an hour. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can't crap on all day. But what was your view um, on life in the army, mate? I I tell people if they ask me um, like civvies and whatnot, what you know, what was the army like? I say it's ninety percent shit times. Yeah, for, especially if you're a grunt. Ten percent good times, but those ten percent good times are the fucking they're the best times of your life. Yeah, they're the times that you. You look back when you are having shit times and you're looking back and you're like, fuck. And even even the shit times, depending on who the company you were with, ended up being some of the funniest times that you look back on now and have a good laugh at how shit it was. Like it's over, overall a good experience. Yep. But, yeah, fucking plenty of shit times mm. for sure. I think, I think five, um, as I got further along, in sort of the, the career of things. I never ended up at training command, but having some of the other boys go down there and talking to them, it seems that the guys that are at the training command sort of, they decide where the recruits and stuff are going from seeing on that. And I think depending on who's down there, they kind of look at who's coming through and pick the jets and send them to their battalions. So they could prop up their old battalion. Yeah. So I think, you know, as, as much as we had a bunch of really good good dudes in uh, – in five, we also had some some proper shit bags. I think that comes down to the fact that we were so like five five seven and five were so operational for so long. Yeah, it, it did become a bit of a dumping ground at some point. And we had this conversation yesterday um, with Tom, 
You know, everyone kind of looked down on Fiverr a little mm. bit, but it was the most heavily deployed unit yeah. for a long time. Yeah. And I said this weapons. to Tom yesterday, like um, when we rocked up to battalion, it was full of grown men. Mm. Um, it wasn't little boys that had just strutted out of Kapuka. You're yeah. talking to grown men that are heavily decorated already, you know, yeah. ribbons and stuff. They're gonged up to the hills like they had combat experience. Mm. So, I mean, everyone loves to hang shit on five, but, you know, when we joined, it was full of like – Proper vets. Yeah, yeah. I think we, we were in a different, very different time as well because Afghan was sort of, like when we got back from ours, it was sort of looking at that wrap-up. They were looking at pulling out by like 2014 or something. So all the boys that were gonged up when we got there, they all bailed. Like they're all gone. Yeah. So we had a we were in a very sort of junior battalion by the end of MCF2. Yeah. Everyone bailed. Like I'm, I got promoted earlier than I should have for sure. You know, you don't really have a choice. You just kind of do it. But like I was nowhere real, nowhere near ready <clears throat> to take on that responsibility and just had to kind of start just do it. So um, you went on MTF2 with Dottie and Tom. How was your time over in Afghan? Because you're in a different area yeah. uh, to Tom. Hey? Yeah, yeah. We were in. Yeah. We were just talking about this last night, actually. I was supposed to be in um, in Tom's section but injured myself early on and the, the section commander there, like I was busted, so he pulled me off yeah. and I ended up um, getting thrown into OJ platoon. So I, fa- I found out a statistic – a couple of years after we got back, and I don't know how true it is, how confirmed it was, but someone said, like, our platoon did about two-thirds of the entire battle group's taskings in terms of just going out constantly because we were out all the time. So I had a, a very busy trip, but, like, we got no ticks. Like, there was a couple of close calls, but nothing really major happened for us. We were a big footprint on the ground. So we basically just provided security for like engineers and government officials and humanitarian aid guys to try and rebuild the infrastructure of Afghan. So I think I made it to every patrol base we had in Afghan and then a couple of villages outside that the only people who'd been there were the Saskats and Tudos. Yeah. So we had, in terms of seeing the country, I probably had one of the best trips you could. I saw so much of the country, it was ridiculous. But in terms of getting out and getting firefights and all the good stuff that, you know, when you join to be a warfighter, what you want to do, we didn't didn't get much of that. Like we got shot at like once, a couple of ADs, near misses, and that was it. What, was what year did you go? 2010-11. So more, more around the time where hearts and minds were getting stronger and stronger. You know? Yeah, and yeah. I remember hearing um, MCA, MRTF2 and the, the ones before that were sort of the real – like ours was still a combat mission, I believe, um, MCF2, but we're starting to move into that mentoring and, yeah. and pull back, yeah, a little bit. So um, – Obviously, you served with a um, different unit here, John. What was your uh, deployment history and how um, were your deployments, mate, with the British um, military, mate? So we were part of um, like the spearhead. So I guess for us, we were based over in Cyprus. Yep. Uh, and what the goal really was, we were back and forth. So we're, always, we're on um, the whole battalion itself, different companies within the battalion. In the battalion, we're set on different time frames on notice to move. Um, so you'd spend three months a year when you're on 24 hours. Um, within that period, if you could get on the piss, you can go and do what you want. But like also, Cyprus would be a sick place oh, to get posted. Cy- Cyprus was unreal. Um, yeah. we, we were banned. There's Is a, it a posting in Cyprus? Yeah, yeah. There's two, oh, epic. There's, there's two postings out there. So you've got one You've got one over in Episcopi, which is on the um, like the north side of the island, I'm pretty sure. Our closest town there is Paphos. And that's people, a lot of people from like UK and Europe would go there for holidays. So it was it was very much a party scene for most of the year. Yep. Um, we were banned from Ayanapa. Um, that was because three, this was a long, long time ago, but three officers 
got done whilst I posted over there um, for murdering a chick and burying her on the beach, and they got caught for it. Oh, so, <laughs> so veterans were banned from lying up so a certain time of night, you'd, if you went out there, you'd have MPs and you'd have your battalion MPs that would be walking around Ayanapa in civilian clothing and picking you up. Um, didn't matter if it was battalion battalion MPs, because they would pick you up if they didn't like you. But if, yep. you, if you give them 10 euros, they'd leave you alone and they'd just have a good night on, on your money. So it wasn't. we still went out there and it was a good party central. A lot of Russians. Some, mm. of, the, some of the stories we had from the battalion before we were out there was crazy. Definitely yeah. a lot nicer place to be posted than um, Robbo Barracks up in Darwin. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. And, like, being posted out there as well was so much better because, obviously, being in the UK, we do the <laughs> fucking cold. The weather's shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. They never train you anywhere nice. Like, you, go yeah. down to, you go down to Brecon. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Why can't the Missourians yeah. ever take the Gold Coast, eh? Yeah, <laughs> Why can't I just have, a um, you know, an exercise at Burley Beach, you know, yeah. for a couple of hours? It'd be, it'd be nice and easy. Yeah. And oh. that, that's the luxury we had over in Cyprus. They didn't have the right facilities there to... The exercises were very um, were very standard, and it, it made it made life a lot easier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we so we spent time back and forth from from Afghan, whether that was filling in for like being instructors across the RSOI package before you went out on the ground. So you're flying in and out of Cyprus. Yeah, yeah, pretty much yeah. every. Th- um, I reckon every three months. Yeah, right. Go back and forth, unless you got unless you got picked up for backfill of. Uh, so with that is like you'd be backfilling one of the infantry battalions who potentially have took a. A mass loss within yep. their within their battalions, which that that in itself is a different kettle of fish. You train with a bunch of guys, and then you could end up with three of them in a different battalion. They're going to treat people differently. Definitely, yeah. Definitely, when you're backfilling one of their mates, who's potentially set up with lost his legs or maybe he's been shot or whatever else. They're thinking about that, and you're replacing him. You know, it's not really him. good for cohesion as well because you know when you go somewhere different. Um, like a different battalion, even when we want exercises and shit like that, you just don't fit in. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're not with your boys, so you just don't fit in. You're automatically an outcast. Yeah. No, yeah. A bit of an outcast, but I don't think um, I don't think the Aussies are as sort of territorial with it. I think you guys, like, I don't know, obviously, I'm just guessing, but you guys have a bit more esprit de corps in your individual unit. Mm. Whereas I think, like, we didn't as much because everyone just knows that you get fucked left, right, and center. Like, it doesn't yeah. really matter. So you're going to give them shit, but it's not as big a probably a culture shock going from one unit to another for us as it would have yeah. been for you boys. Well, I guess, like, if I was sent to a southern battalion, mm. I'm going to be acting different, never mind being treated different, yeah. treated different, yeah. just because like, northerners and southerners have had a, a long-standing yeah. conflict, I guess, between us. Um, so, yeah, that, yeah, there is a different aspect to that. But as, as a whole, I guess that time over there, like, I've obviously got to experience different things um, through, our, through, obviously, what we do whilst we're based over there. I did get pulled in. I guess one of the luckier things is I got pulled back on um, six weeks of training on the RSOI package. So they took me off, I guess, from a ground basis in, back into Bastion. Bastion itself, if you've spent any time out there, it's unreal food. You've got a KFC there. <clears throat> it's just next level. And you've got markets there. Like it's, 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 it's literally a city in itself. Mm, yeah. It's like Kandahar. Yeah, it's, 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 it is, um, it's definitely a good setup. It's um, like all the boys that got posted to Hajkaya in Kabul. Mm. You know, there's... Like full blown shops there. It was like a small city. Yeah, that's exactly. You what could it. buy like uh, rugs and stuff there. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck is going on here? What am I going to do with a rug? Yeah. yeah, they had. Um, <laughs> what, what's that? Yeah. There's a good big American. Is it Walmart? Walmart or uh, something like that? They had out there like a big shopping center. My my bank card got blocked because I was in 
they they seen it as I was in Cyprus, the UK, oh, yeah, and yeah, then America security, yeah. all in one day. Yeah. So and be, I don't know if you ever tried to, well, obviously you would have rang a bank at some point. Try and ring a bank from Afghanistan. Different oh, yeah. fucking story. It took me yeah. just to sort it out. <laughs> yeah. I'd call I'd call Optus. Optus, um, oh, that'd be great. Oh mate, it was a pain. So I, I called him before we deployed and said, Look, I'm in the army, I'm going overseas in like two weeks, I need to suspend my contract. They're like, Yeah, no dramas, whatever, we'll put it on the thing. Got like four or five months in, called home, and dad's like, What's this Optus bill that's been rocking up? And I was like, What do you mean? I suspended it. He's like, No, nah. he opens it up and there was like seven hundred dollars of late charges and all this. I checked my bank account and they just direct debited it out, just took it and never charged it because I hadn't been paying my well, phone bill. That's only half a day's pay for us Aussies oh. over in Afghanistan. Mate, yeah. I, I let fly, but I got the number, I got onto the chick. Oh, fuck. I, I fed it to some little Thai lady or whoever it was. Dealing with that. You've already yeah. got enough on your plate, too. Yeah. You've got to deal with a bill with those losers. Well, I got, got onto, like, the Australian manager. Eventually, there's about three fucking Asian people later. I got onto this um, Australian fella, and he's like, look, there's not much you can do. I was like, I'll tell you what you can do, mate. Yeah. You can fix it, or I'm going to hang up. The next phone call I'm making is a current affair, and I'm going to tell him how Optus is screwing Aussie diggers in Afghan yeah, yeah. out of money. Yeah. What do you reckon? And he's like, oh, no, no, I reckon we can fix that for you. I was like, yeah. Thanks for coming to the party there, champion. Thanks for wasting my time, mate. Yeah. It's not like I've got enough on my plate already, you know. Isn't Optus HQ in Afghan anywhere? Couldn't you just put it? Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it probably is, yeah. Um, yeah, sweet. So, um, you know, obviously um, eight years in the army. Mm. And then what did you see your transition like um, when you left? And what did you do after that? Did you step straight into more business stuff? Yeah, so for, I, for me... I think the aspects of never being broken down from having an answer for everything. My yeah. transition was, I feel like my transition was a bit smoother. At the end of it, um, I was a bit disgruntled anyway because our battalion got disbanded due to the recession. I got moved from the battalion that I've served with from day one. I'll say you just shut it down because of the recession. Gone. Yeah. Cost cutting. Wow. Yeah. yeah, got rid of a fair few battalions and one of them was the Green Howards. Um, so yeah, then... We all got moved around. The majority got moved into another Yorkshire battalion. Yeah. And then the second majority got moved into the other one. So there was, we had one Yorks, two Yorks, three Yorks. Um, three Yorks became two Yorks. So that kind of happened. Then I got I got moved with, I think, probably eight or nine other, other blokes. And I got moved to the Lanks. Um, so obviously cat badge change and everything else. And um, obviously very territorial over here. The people you've spent this amount of time with, like yeah. they, become, they, they do become family. Yeah, that esprit um, de corps as well. Yeah, so it, that was a different a different kind of fish. But yeah, I transferred. Um, so when, when I left, for me, I go, went into uh, more of a office-based job. And um, yeah, the, I, I think when I first left, it was more sales-based. It's yep. probably easiest jobs to pick up off the back end. You don't need much experience as long as you can hold your own and talk shit long enough. And yeah. I'm pretty good at talking shit. So walked into sales then not long after that, I uh, flew over here. So did you start your business career, um, you know, when you got to Australia? Yeah. <clears throat> so the, the first sales job that I got, um, I got on really well with a director. So he, he took um, he took me under his wing and I, I, I guess I got a bit of, ex, bit of exposure. Not a lot, um, but I got a bit of exposure from him. And um, I realised really early on, as I got to know him as a person, is that he had, um, without sounding arrogant, he had nothing that I couldn't, I couldn't develop myself, like learn myself. Yeah. Uh, everything was self-taught. He's never been to university. And then I, I moved over here. And uh, I guess the first time I started to really look at a, a, a stronger standpoint into business was probably about three or four years ago. Yeah. On a back end of an injury off work. And I was sat at home driving myself crazy. So that's when I started venturing more into it, yeah. 
And um, Jacob, just on your front, mate, um, when did you actually leave the military? Because um, we all sort of left Fire. I know the boys, I think Dottie, what did you leave in 2012, end of? And then Tom in 2013. But you yep. stayed at five and then yeah, I, I left, sort of went um, to another joint. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's all dog man, just left me behind. Um, I ended up leaving mid-2015. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was like the 1st of August or something like that. Yeah, and this is an interesting topic I like to talk about. When we all sort of left, you know, that group of us uh, left 5 Um, what was your time like when, you know, that solid group of boys mass discharged, I think it was? Is that what you call it? Like it yeah, was a mass, mass exodus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I, like I kind of touched on earlier, it was when you get like a mass vacuum like that, you also get like a rank vacuum. So yeah. basically – Anyone who's been around for more than breakfast, you know, has been there slightly before the dude who rocked up at midnight last night. So they get hooks. Like I was promoted quite early. I probably wasn't ready for it. You know, I did I did the best I could. I was good at my job. There's plenty of people that are a lot better than me for sure. And I definitely wasn't the best of the best by any standards, but I did the best I could with it. And it kind of, it did kind of suck a little bit. I don't know if you, well, you obviously remember when we rocked up. We rocked up in much smaller groups. Mm. And you kind of, as soon as you rocked up, you got split. So when you rocked up to a section, you were the new guy in a section of seven or eight dudes that had been together for a while. You shut your mouth. When everyone bailed, there was massive gaps. So like whole courses from Singer who are all comfortable with each other have rocked up and then our crews around as like entire platoons of new digs and they're real cohesive. So the, the gobbiness went to another level Oh yeah. on that because you just didn't have that as much of a seniority around to be like, oh, shut the fuck up, man, and yeah. just pay attention and learn. You don't know dick. The gobby lid, oh. Yeah. And, like, I was, mate, I was, I'm still a gobby lid, but I was up there with probably the gobbiest around, which was good. I mean, Ryan's probably the gobbiest lid I've ever met in my life, but. Yeah. Oh, he's not quite a Bart Zammet, but he's up there for sure. So, um, yeah, yeah. So we ended up with a bit of a vacuum there, man. So it was, it was hard because you didn't have your mates as well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. You're with a, a whole crew of young dudes who are completely different. Because there was probably an exodus of, you know, one or 200 people, though. Yeah, man, it was it was pretty massive. There was a lot of people. Oh, there were some guys. I remember I finally got away for an Anzac day out once I discharged to, I think it was Sydney, and caught up with boys who I had not seen since they were ripping out of Afghan. Because a lot of dudes, you know, they put their discharge in while they're overseas. So yeah, pre yeah. like post-deployment leave was end X, mate. They're gone. Yeah, they never yeah. rocked back up. Um. And then business-wise, is Outback Martians the first sort of business you've dived into or have um, you done something um, on your own like since leaving the Army before Outback Martians? So business-wise, yeah, it is. But um, like I work in, you guys know, I work in film outside of this, which is sort of what I really want to get into. So I do a bit of acting for, for film and TV and a little bit of stunt work, yep. which is good fun, a bit of uh, TV hosting. So is that where you're looking to head into is more of that? And yeah, then, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the – those are the two things I wanted to do when I was little. I love watching movies. I love TV shows. I wanted to be in film and I wanted to be a soldier. So I did the soldier and now it's time to try and try and be the new Thor, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, I mean, all the power to you. But how are you finding um, business life now? Obviously, this is your first, so – it's. It's different, man. It's it's very different. I'm I'm not really entrepreneurially or brained and I'm not real good business wise as such. John's much, much better on that side yeah. of things. I'm much more of a 
a creative brain, okay. which has its drawbacks because I, you know, I procrastinate things, I put things off, but you know, I struggle to get motivated, and then I finally do, and I smash out a bunch of quality stuff, and then it's back to struggling day to day. Yeah, you know yep. I mean? um, and I think that sort of um, is the main theme with us as well. You know, we all bring something to the table. Yeah, um, you know. Um, at times we get uh, less motivated as well. Yeah. But then the other person picks us up, gets us out of the gutter. Yeah. So, and, you know, John's, you know, a smart businessman. Mm. And this isn't your first business, John. No. Um, you know, you've sort of been an entrepreneur um, for quite some time now. Yeah. Um, do you just want to touch on what you've done uh, business-wise leading into Outback Martians, mate? Yeah. Uh, and, what you're do- and what you guys are doing at Outback Martians too, like, Shamelessly plug that. Let's, yeah, let's hear yeah, about it. No drama. I get, uh, for me, with the entrepreneur side of things, I reckon it, it ticked over when I was like 12. Yeah. When um, Jam, good old Jamie Oliver banned all soft drink and, and uh, you call them chips, crisps out of um, schools and shit like that. Mm. I, uh, it was around the same time my birthday came around, so I had a chunk of money in my pocket, filled my bag up with it and started selling it at school. Realised I made a... Made a, uh, it was an easy earner. I even had teachers buying soft drink off me, so it was going pretty strong. Um, <laughs> well done, Jamie. <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah. Take, take away the soft drinks and then you just backdoor it. it. Yeah. That's it. Like, it. It was an easy one. It was an easy one. And uh, I got a bit, I, 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 like I, I definitely learned early on around that and about the greed side of things and you get too excited because I, I realized there was definitely a market there for, for Siggy's. And that's where that's where I got myself caught time, out. That's yeah. where I got myself caught out. Um, unfortunately, school teachers weren't coming up to me for a cigarette, but they were coming up to me for a cheeky kind of fanta. So that that definitely undid me. Um, and then I uh, went into the army side of things. Came out of came out of that. And then uh, a few years back, got into and it was random how I got into it. I was just I was I knew I wanted to do something. Just as a, I guess as a bit of a side a side uh, side hustle. And um, I ended up finding myself into the Pokemon side of things, of all things. Yeah. That's how it started. And uh, at, at first, I seen this guy selling a bunch of Pokemon cards um, for a grand and um, over in Australia. And before I even bought them off him, I sold three of the cards for a grand. So I got the cards for nothing. And then after a few months, it made a, a fair bit of money and I carried on rolling that out. Um, and then looking at it, taking a step back and looking at it rather than dealing with people on Facebook Marketplace and all that. Uh, I looked at it to it's see. It's a fucking nightmare dealing oh, with people on that. Oh, it is. And I, I went in on a, a different angle and looked at what I could do more business to business because it's going to be more, um, I guess, a, a stronger turnaround uh, and venturing into that business to business side to set up some at Dropship where now I've just got three. Uh, the strongest part of it is there's three businesses. They order off me every single month. I And the order, the order comes through to my emails, goes straight to my supplier that I've set up. And I don't, I don't really have to do much on that side of things now. And then got into more movie, like your movie replicas and stuff like that. So I definitely started on the collect, the collectible side of things. Um, I don't know how I found myself in that. I'm, I'm not much of a movie buff. Um, I've never really been a collector of trading cards in my life. So um, it's just an opportunity that I've seen there and the market was hot for it. So that, that's kind of started off where I, where I went with it uh, and then ventured in. My wife started a business where I started to help her with that um, and helping her grow that and growing her stuff and then venture more into more of the digital side of things after that so how do you think your military service has helped you in business now or if it hasn't you know mm. i'll touch on that too I, I think more than anything is just awareness you you, you can see bullshit from a mile away yeah um, i think 
you can't be taught that. Like, well, you, obviously, you can be taught that because I've got took it from the military. But it takes time to be able to to. Um, I think we we spend so much time on us looking at our surroundings and I guess looking at people where we get a good we can get a good impression on someone within the first five minutes of meeting them. Where I guess in normal business these days, people are giving people are very trustworthy. Like they they're very trusting. They let mm. people in. They think they've got the best intentions. Where when I meet someone, I instantly think they've got the worst intentions yep. until they, until I see that. Mm. That would be me from a I guess a military standpoint. Yeah, um, for me, it, probably not as much in the NFT side of things. More in the film side of things. We've had a pretty shit life, you know. When you look at the circumstances we've been involved in in terms of the military, as much as we've loved it and whatnot, you've been in some pretty uncomfortable positions for long periods of time, Definitely. and learning to deal with that and just kind of pick up and keep going is it's a really valuable skill. Like I get on the set and I love being on set. Like I don't care if we work an 18 hour day. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. If I got to work, you know, an eight hour day at a normal job, I'm fucking miserable for eight hours. But I get on set and I don't care. And it's, it's, it brings a good attitude when people around you, especially because everyone's looking at each other and film does tend to be a meritocracy. There are some people that get kind of fall through the cracks and, you know, people know who they are, but generally everyone there is there because they're good at what they do. So Whatever your hard work, you think? Yeah. So you've yeah. got it. You reckon um, the military sort of um, taught you good work ethic? Well, uh, is that what you've got ahead of a lot of people? Yeah, um, maybe not work ethic because a lot of the, a lot of the people who've got the good work ethic. I think it's just being able to be in a shit situation, be uncomfortable, and still be chipper, and still have a laugh about it, still get the job done. Too, yeah. yeah. Whereas a lot of these people, it, like they do work really hard, and I don't want to take that away from anyone there, but I do find that there is. They've had a, a softer go of things, a lot of them, a lot of yeah. people, and they tend to be like, you know, it's shit and they'll whinge about how shit it is. And I'm like, mate, you know, this is fucking so good. Like yeah. we're getting top class feeds here. I don't care if I get soaked wet because I'm going home. I'll have a shower. I'll get into an ice warm bed. And they're like, man, this is fucking, this sucks. It's perspective like, on life, are yeah. hey, you? Like, oh, yeah, that's probably yeah. The, the best way to put it. So I'll just have a laugh. And I think that in turn – their life. I mean, Jake's always, he's always happy to be here. Like he's always having a good time. And that I think works in my favor as well. People, yeah. you're more fun to be around. People want to be around you, which works. Cause when it comes to putting a production together, people work with who they enjoyed working with. Definitely. Cause you are going to work long hours with someone for like three, four months. If it's a TV series, mate, you could be there for 12 months. It could be multiple years on end. You don't want to work with, you know, if Dottie's a real miserable dude to be around when stuff gets hard, you don't want to work with Dottie cause he's been miserable. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, that, it's that thing. If you're yeah. a happy dude, people want to work with you. Do you not reckon that's society, though, in itself, realistically? Like, you look at it, everyone's expecting a handout. Everyone feels yeah. like other people are doing well, but they're not doing anything to get that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And big yeah, shout does. out Labor Party for promoting handouts, mate. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, just had to get that in there. Big stab at the Labor government in Australia. Um, yeah. Aren't they our sponsors today? Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck, I wish. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Outback Martians, fellas, how did you come up with that idea and how did you two come together to build Outback Martians? Because it's not easy building um, this Web3 slash NFT business. So we all know that, you know, this is a fucking hard game. Mm. Um, yeah. It's stressful. Uh, it's long hours. You know, yeah. people are working their nine to five and then having to come to this. How did you guys go, yep, we're going to do this and then get to where you are now? Well, we, um, we, we met through work. Yeah. So we worked together. We were at the same job for a bit there and got along quite well. 
Uh, John didn't like me very much at the start because he's just a stuck-up pom, really, with no sense of humour. Yeah. Um, but we mm-hmm. kind of hit it off, got along quite well, became quite good mates, and I think both of us separately <laughs> had just been sort of seeing the NFT movement and what was going on and kind of curious about it. Yeah. I remember going, fuck, like this would be something we could potentially get into and have a look and picking up the phone and giving John a call and going, hey, what, what, what do you know about NFTs? And yeah. he's like, bro, I was just about to call you mm. and ask you, like, what do you know about NFTs? Yeah. And from there we sort of started the conversation. Like, no, like if we get a team together, I think we could probably do this. We'd find our own little niche. And then, we, yeah, we spitballed for ages on names and what we were going to do with it and yeah, artwork kind of, side of things. Yeah. I think, I think as well for Jake, um, when I started my – when I went into – obviously started my first side of business, um, I offered – I, I helped Jake just because we obviously catch up a lot. And I said, oh, do you want to chuck some money into this? Mm. And he didn't see any value in it. So I think he was kicking himself because he could have made a ch- chunk of money. Yeah. Mm. And then obviously when it came into the next thing, when we were talking on NFTs mm. and everything else, um, we had to think about artwork and went through a bunch of ideas. We had this, um, I guess this, um, do you know the Black Plague Doctors? You know where the fucking funny masks, like the yeah. beak looking thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were going to venture, we were like we thought of an idea of venturing into something like that and doing, obviously, I guess, leveraging off the aspect of COVID. <coughs> we were heavily in the COVID scene at the, at the point. And then mm. it carried on and then Jake, um, Jake put me onto a project that was uh, an alien-based project <laughs> and he tried to get me to buy in on it. And um, I was a bit sceptical. Right. Oh, a mate's referred me, it's going to be a fucking good project, blah, blah, blah. He spent a chunk of money on it. I yeah. sat back. He got rug pulled. Oh, and yeah, got and rugged hard. We've all been there. Well, that's yeah. probably one of the main re- one of the main reasons. We, I, like I, I wanted it. And it was never voice, but one of the main reasons I wanted it to be like that Martian or alien themed is just a constant reminder of JB. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need yeah, the reminder. I've got the useless <laughs> pictures in my wallet. Yeah. Yeah. It took me fucking four hours to Google how to hide them. Yeah, get out of my face. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, my wallet's full of those as well, man. Yeah. Um, oh, it sucks. But it is what it is, man. At least it's a learning experience. You know what I mean? 100%. It's um like it's a pivotal moment um in business. You realize, you know, we can do something better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. Were you guys um in the crypto scene before NFTs? Uh, a little bit. I've I have been since about 2016. Yeah. yeah, I've had a bit of a dabble, but I'm by no means an expert, expert or a um a day trader or anything. Just yeah. kind of put little bits of money here and there and watch some videos and see what I can do. Yeah, yeah the um, classic Instagram influencers. You're like, oh shit, this is gonna moon in yeah. three days. Let me dump my life savings in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just drop ten grand. And like, Fuck this. Well, I guess I guess for us as well with with without but Martians. Um, <clears throat> And this is not a disrespect to any other projects, but every second project, people are looking at certain charities or certain aspects of whether it's mental health or whether yeah. it's or for men, women, fucking goldfish, don't matter what it is, that if, if they're seeing it as a selling point. Mm. And I guess more recently for, for myself, it's, it's getting to a point where it starts to piss you off because it's like, well, if you're going to do this with a passion behind it, then actually highlight that passion and do something different with it. I like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I genuinely don't give a fuck if you're saying you're going to put 150 grand into Black Dog Institute. No, well, any charity, I won't mention any names, but if you're going to put this kind of money into this charity or this charity, because to me, I don't, I don't personally, I'm not saying charities are bad. I think they're good at what they do and they create awareness and everything else, but people have got to be paid to do that. Where, why aren't these projects that are trying to push this mental health aspect? Do it yourself. 
go out and do it yourself and actually make a difference. It's not about sitting there and constantly talking. It's like breaking barriers in generations. That's what's got to be done. So that's a big thing for us. We're pretty passionate on that mental health aspect. I think, I mean, being veterans, we all deal with our own shit and deal with our own way. And so do everyone else. Every, everyone's got a story. Yeah. So I guess that for us, it's more, definitely more recently, we're trying to put that uh, a foot down. I, I guess try and set a standard with how you've, set a standard definitely in Australia when if you're dealing with men's mental health or you're dealing with stuff like that, that you're doing it in a certain way. There's actually genuine help there. It's not just constant conversations on what you're doing and this is where this is going. So that's kind of where we're looking at. Yeah, it's not always about just dishing out money as well. And I think what a lot of people don't realise is that when you put, say, $10 into a charity, the only money that's going to actual help might only be 50 cents of that $10. Mm. The rest of it's going to administration fees and whatnot. Yeah. Whereas in Web3 and in particular NFTs, we have the ability to put a lot more of that $10 mm. into actual help as well and yeah. provide genuine help, not necessarily um, you know, monetary value like you're saying there. Yeah. Um, we can provide a lot of help in other ways too. Yeah. And we're trying to do that as well by you know, eventually empowering veterans through employment, yeah, yeah. Um, which is another way of sort of tackling an issue that exists at the moment. You know, yeah, for handing sure. out money hasn't been fucking working for the last 30 years. Mm. There's got to be a better way. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think both of our projects are on the right line with that. Yeah, Jump, yeah. and even jumping on like a GoFundMe. You've got GoFundMe, real people there. If you, yeah. got, if, you, if you cleared their account, what they're trying to save up, like the amount of stress that relieved off that person, and they're, they're local, you can see that it's making a difference straight away. Yeah, it might not always be used 100% for the right reason, but as long as majority of it's going to what they're trying to do, I'd, I'd be more than willing to put money into that than I would be a charity. Definitely, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you know it's got a direct effect. Yeah, 100%. yeah for sure. Well, I think uh, on what John was saying as well is about putting action straight up. Yeah. Like there are a lot of projects out there that they say, yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, but we're not going to do any of it until... We're 100% minted out, which we know in, in the current market. What did you say the other day? The statistic was like 38 projects, new a projects a day in, in are coming up in Australia, Australia alone. Yeah. Like Mega numbers. The chances you minting out immediately, unless you have someone like Floyd Mayweather behind it where everyone's just going to FOMO in because it's who he is. You're just a bunch of blokes starting something. Chances are you're probably not going to mint out overnight so if something goes really, really well your way. Yeah. So putting, in this market anyway. Yeah, especially. Yeah, well, everyone's scared to spend money at the moment as well. And yeah. not blaming them at all. Um, it is yeah. a very tumultuous time. But mm. but looking at what can you do with what you have now? Like what, yeah. can, what can you start doing now that will only get better with more money rather than has to have that money to yeah, succeed exactly, at all? Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know what I mean? You're not relying on the money to get the, um, the idea yeah. out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And mate, that's um, true value of a project as yeah, well. which is um, what we're trying to do. You know, a lot of people are building these projects. Um, they get the money and then the action starts then. Mm. But you guys are already actioning a plan um, yeah. and you haven't minted out, which is yeah. a positive as well. Yeah. So it's, we're doing as, as best we can with yeah. what we have. And obviously the more that mints out, the more money we have, the more resources that's disposable, the best we can do. But, yeah, just starting with what you've got, like especially when it comes to like mental health, like you need a phone, mate. That, that's it. Give give someone a buzz. Yeah. Say good day. Like you don't even have to talk to them about their problems. Just give them a buzz. They might just be lonely and just want to have a human interaction with some other human being, mate. Yeah, it's not. You're not providing professional advice. No, you're providing no. sort of a, an ear t- to listen. Yeah. Mm. To, to any, yeah. We, yeah. Start, we started pulling more perfect after like last night. We did. Yeah. We did that space on Twitter and we, 
we have got those professionals, I guess, the conversations we had a while back. Mm. And, and obviously we kind of started to warm them up to the idea and what it's going to do. People, like these professionals are happy to help. Yeah. Mm. Like, it's not an aspect of where you've got to, you've got to be paying a daft amount of money and they're not going to be taking every single person you discard or every holder on as a one-to-one, but they're yeah. going to ho- offer techniques that potentially can help. And then what we do down the line with everything else that we're trying to build will be. Which can be um, portrayed to a group as well. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 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 You put points out there from these professionals and, you know, 99% of your Discord users might have absolutely no use for it, but one person there goes, oh, fuck, man, I never knew that. that yeah, mm. and it, maybe it doesn't need to be like they're right on the ledge and that's talked them back. Maybe they just had a bit of a shit few weeks and like, yeah, actually, yeah. if I change that, maybe it gets a little bit better. They're just a better day. You know what yeah. I mean? Like something small. Yeah, it's it's small steps in the right direction. That's yeah, what it is. Exactly. So in terms of business, what would you say um, or have you had a pivotal moment of failure? Yeah, definitely. Um, even just with, I guess – I wouldn't call it as strong as failure, but or a lesson we should yeah, say. The biggest, the biggest lesson that that we kind of learned from, um, we all knew this bear market was coming. We yeah. knew we knew winter was coming, uh, and I, I've voiced this a few times. Uh, I added, I we had to sit down as founders, what we were doing and the model from day one. We always said there's going to be a parent business above this, yeah. um, and for us, it was more about having an NFT project that's part of our brand, and we're not just an NFT project, so. I had a chat with the founders and that, and it was a risk. At that point, it was a risk because that bear market, was it going to last a month or was it going to last six? So we took the risk of stepping, I guess, stepping aside. And the biggest, I think the biggest lesson on that was that it did take time away from, time away from the direct community. They, they were always kept in the loop. Everyone knew what was going on. We had strong conversations and strong relationships Good there. Good communication. Yeah, that, that's a key, key factor. Um, it's it's going to prevent some projects that have got the right intention to a slow rug because of the not having communication. Yep. And uh, we had the conversations around all that. And um, for me, the, the learning point was, I guess, on that aspect is that that was a major fucking risk. If that bull market came back around quicker than expected, we've just took time away from our NFT project to build more bloodlines to pump the NFT project. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess the lesson for me in that was that uh, in business, you've, you've got to take a risk. And if you yep. don't, if you don't, if you sit back and don't, if we sit back and went, oh, do you know what? No, we're current doing what we're doing. We're still going to be in the same situation we're in now. We, but for us now, it's it's a bigger scale. Obviously, we've got the NFT with Vegas. We've got the MediLab stuff that will roll out in the new financial year. So where it's, it's, it's on a stronger capacity and being in a bear market and having that, we would have never got that unless I, I did take the risk. Because yeah. the, boy, the boys went, oh, gun for lever on it. It's like, mm. oh, fucking, here we, here we go again. He's got another fucking idea. Mm. Um, but... Um, they had to back me on it because I didn't give them much of a fucking choice. Yeah. Being the lead founder. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is how it's going to go, fellas. Yeah. yeah. Sink, or, sink or swim. Well, that, that's the thing, though. Like, if you, if you put that something like that to the team and you're like, look, we, we are going to be doing this, you sit there and you bitch and moan about it and there's, uh, you're going to create a high chance of what you think is going to happen of yeah. failing. This is probably going to fail. Whereas if you're like, all right, fuck it, you know what, let's just go in and give it a crack and see what happens, like we're not going to end up worse off than we are now. No, well, you're never I mean, going to know if you don't give it a go. Exactly. Mm. And exactly. It's, a, it's, it's a good time to build on your foundations Yeah. yeah. Um, while things aren't too crazy Yeah, um, yeah for sure. and, and provide more value to the project. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And like we said, like 
starting with those things that you can affect now and start doing now yep. while all of the other projects that are sitting around and they're waiting for the full mint out before they do anything, people look and they're like, oh, nah, those projects are probably not going to be there at the end of the bear market. They're probably going to be gone because they've got no funding to do anything. Mm. Whereas people look across and they're like, man, there's a bear market. These guys actually, what they're doing, it's not huge scale. It may not be fucking, you know, blowing your socks off impressive, but these dudes are grinding. They're actually going through what they say they're going to yeah. do. Maybe they're actually worth putting some coin into. And then, you know, potentially, hopefully it'll, it'll end up working out in the other end. Yeah, and hopefully all the investors, you know, that are listening into this um, realise the good um, that you boys are doing and the building that you're doing as well mm. and the good um, projects that are out there that are actually worth investing in. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's not just a, you know, a mint here and hope to make thousands of dollars of mm. flipping a JPEG. It's an yeah. actual investment. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're not looking. We're not looking for pair bonds. And yeah. yeah, there's longevity in what we're doing. Um, you wouldn't. You wouldn't go onto the normal stock market and invest in something that's going to do this in this um, this short amount of time. So you've got to look at the. You've got to be looking at the NFT market in the same light. Like, what is the long term on this? Yep. Um, where people will mint into a project because there's a name connected to it. But you mint into a project that's going to become a lot of pair bonds. And as as we were speaking about the other day, James, like with the Web3 space and what's going on in there now, you've got a bunch of people that genuinely quit their full-time jobs to be full-time Web3. Yeah. Where are they? They're back in the full-time jobs because we all knew this was coming. What did you, did you prepare for it? And I guess that's a big thing, and I think that's what's going to stand out, and I think there's going to be a lot of changes definitely within the NFT space. I think there's going to be a lot of big things coming up in this bear market that people are just not expecting, and that's because you've got some, obviously, like what you guys are doing, uh, and there's some projects in there that have got that business business mindset where it's like, yep. well, make care, make care while the sun shines. It's a bear market, but it's not it's not affecting us in in any way. Yeah, and I think we're pretty lucky. Like we've got other um, sources of income as well, mm. where we're not relying on um, you know war dogs to live. Whereas a lot of people, you know, they quit their jobs, like you just said. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm going to make shitloads of money in Web three, mm. but now they're on their ass. And, yeah. You know, they're back at McDonald's. You know, getting the $20 burger flipper happening. And it is sometimes admirable to go all in. Like, oh, I'm all about it. Like yeah. we're, you know, we're all, um, I think you boys would be the same. You know, we're all in with everything. We take that max amounts of risk yeah. uh, for I the think, hope that, you know. At the end of the day, though, I think it's more of an educated risk. Even though you're going all in, you're not going all in on a 90-10 split. You know no, I mean? no. You're going in on something like, no, no, I think we've got a pretty good chance of, of kind of crunch the numbers. We could still fail, but I, th I think we've got something that's probably going to make it rather yep. than being some dude who's selling bored apes and going, draw an ape. Yeah, I'll make millions. Yeah. Just draw 50 apes it, and sell them. And yeah, it, like, look that's where that's got them in yeah. um, court at the moment. So big share of that game too. <laughs> but, um, so, guys, what's your plan moving forward? You know, it's a bit of a throwaway line here. Everyone says, oh, what's your five-year plan? But what's your actual plan moving forward from here um, with Outback Martians and business as well? So for us, with uh, without like as we were saying before, like Outback Martians is, is just a component within the brand that we're building. Yep. That brand itself is um, Medi Labs. That's what and that'll be going live in the new financial year. Yep. The component around Medi Labs is more to do with staying as Web three as possible. Like we all talk about this Web three concept of we need to help each other and get Australia to this point within this Web three within this NFT space. And as you, as you say, you're you're a longstanding um, quote or I guess phrases is about handouts, uh, hand ups, not handouts. Yeah, yeah. So for us, what the whole goal is is that we are going. We've already 
had the conversations. We've not gone into too much detail with our community yet, uh, but we've had a lot of details there with like NFT Bridge Vegas and what that's going to be doing, what OM's doing and how that's going to be executed moving forward. And then with Medilabs itself, so with, with the actual concept of Medilabs, it's keeping as many things that you would utilize in a Web3 business and, yeah. and an NFT business in Australia. Like there's mm. no point trying to get Australia to this level when you're not looking around you and utilizing these IRL businesses, whether it's a small business that you can help promote because those guys absolutely grind. I, like my wife, she's got a full-time job and she's got a small business. Every weekend, well, every second weekend, she's at markets all weekend. Like it's a grind for them. They don't stop. So utilizing all these things in Australia to build up, build, I guess, build back into Medilabs and then also help on the back end, still putting into NFT projects and wherever we can give advice, like, I guess, give advice or give connections to NFT projects. I know that we've, we've both worked with NFT projects where we've got connections and it's not that we're asking for anything in return. It's like, well, yeah, I'll have a chat with this guy because this guy can give you what you need for this utility and yeah. kind of helping each other out. So that'll come more to light as we click over into July. And then for Outback, uh, we're going to be, we've, we're currently... Currently uh, working out the back end of a, a partnership with Outback, which is going to be the, I guess, the comedy side of the IRL yep. stuff, which is going to be, uh, I think, definitely in Queensland, of the, uh, definitely at Queensland at the minute. I'm sure I'm watching Pornhub. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely at Queensland in a minute. It's going to be a, a good standing point for us. Um, but yeah, there's a, there are a lot of things going on. We're just making sure that everything's, as you said earlier, like the foundations, the execution's done right, and we've got the right people around us. So it's kind of our, our goal with it. It's hard. It's hard to really talk about it too because you want to. You don't want to throw any specifics out there because, as we all know, some things fall through and then you've got to pivot and move on to something else. Yeah. You don't want to throw something out and be yeah. like, "Hold on, you said that." Yep. Ah, well, <laughs> sorry, but yeah. that one didn't pan out. We're gonna have to pivot and do. I, something I, got, else. I got banned from Twitter Spaces by the other founders because I I'm did. A, for a apparently, while. I overshare. He loves but, it. Gets a bit excited. Yeah, I've, I, mm. I, um, I, I might, I might overshare. But You'd have to be on a Twitter space um, first to actually be sharing, mate. Um, so get <laughs> yeah. that finger away. Yeah, yeah. Like the oversharing thing, it's not a fact of oversharing. It's, 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 it's uh, act, act of passion. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I've got fucking founders that I've. I've got backache from from carrying, so I've got to do. A, you've got to do your bit. Yeah, mate. I've got a, lo- a sore lower back at the moment too, actually. <laughs> well, like I said, that shoulder. Ah, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. woken up. He wants to be part of the conversation now. <laughs> That's um, the thing, but, but people, especially in this um, this space, people hear something and they'll take it as gospel. That's yeah. you know, it's the world that we live in. That's why I'm a, I'm a bit more careful about what I say because I don't want to mislead anyone. Because as soon as you start. People, even if you're not misleading, like I said, you, you are planning on doing something, it falls through, you have to pivot. People then look at that and they go, oh, no, they're just making shit up. These guys are dodgy. And then it, that spreads and it becomes like a bad apple. It's just a negativity when that's not really the case. There are plenty of dodgy people out there, but you don't want to end up getting put in that light if you can avoid it. So under promise and over deliver. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is that the phrase? Yeah. yeah. Is that but what I'm looking for? That, that's what we've definitely done with Media Labs at this point. Yeah. We've, 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 we've mentioned a few things with it to our community, like to the people, the community and the holders and stuff like that. Um, but we have, we have definitely kept stuff and not just for the fact of the fact of obviously not executing it. Cause these things, these conversations have been happening and mm. the, the stuff we've been getting together has been happening since February. And mm. um, when we realize that mint out is just, is in a, it's just not as achievable as what it would have been six months ago. Yeah. But if anything, I think that makes, um, I think that's really going to, regardless of how many projects are coming up, it's going to start to phase out the people that are here 
with that drive and mm. the people that are here for quick success. Not, yeah. Nothing lasts long from sure. a quick success. Yeah, they'll just quit on the back of they don't want to work. Yeah. That's mm. all. They don't want to put in the hard work. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's where our military background gets us a little bit ahead of these people because, you know, we've all got egos as well, mm. but our work ethic um, is undeniable. We just don't quit. Mm. And sometimes that's a detriment to us as well, but we just keep going. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. You're also not sure, like with Discord and Twitter and everyone's got different names or whatever. You don't know who's in what and who's listening. Well, you you don't have to be telling everyone what you're doing anyway. Like you don't know old Blow Joe, um, Jimmy JPEG that's in your Discord. Exactly. mm. It could be anyone and you throw a good idea out there before it's fully ready for sharing and they've just stolen your idea and now you've lost all your your thunder there. Mm. Yeah, but at the same time... um, at the same time as well, it's good to be first to market. Yeah. So we, we got, obviously, we got lucky. I know that me and you, James, had a big chat around the NFT Biz Vegas stuff and how the events how the events can roll out and why it's going to be good to be utilised in, in Brisbane. And we, we took we took an absolute shot in the dark at that. Like, that mm-hmm. could have been that. Well, we, the first turnout, it was, we were lucky that we've got some strong founders around us as well with other projects where the turnout um, was was still strong for a first event, definitely yeah. the time frame. So at, at the same time, you've got, to take, you've got to take a risk with this stuff. But long, as you said earlier, as long as you've actually thought out the risk, it's not just on the whim, mm. then you're going to achieve more from it. And it's um, a good bit of advice for veterans as well that want to get into business. You know, not everything works. You yeah. have to take that risk for it to work in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we said this yesterday too. Like, I've had a million ideas. And, you know, I could have bloody made a lot of money off a lot of those ideas, but I just didn't do it. Mm. And I think the key is to actually step into it and then make it happen from there. Yeah. yeah just give it a crack. Yeah, give it a good yeah. crack, yeah. And, um, you know, that is getting us to the nitty-gritty in the back end of this. So what advice would you give to people transitioning out of the army that are looking at stepping into business, not necessarily Web3, but in business in general? Because, you know, um, a lot of people step out of the army, as you said before, mm. they just go, fuck this, I'm out. Mm. Just charge in, whack in their leave. You know, I did it. Yeah. I think a lot of we people did it too. Just no thought. There yeah. was no plan. It was like, fuck this, I'm going to get out and I'm going to become a um, you know, dump truck driver in the mines mm. of Moribar. I'm going to earn a shitload. Yeah, that didn't happen. Mm. Um, so what bit of advice um, would you give to people transitioning? Don't be scared of, don't be scared of failing. Yeah. You're going to learn a lot more from failing than you are from success. Yeah. So just take the risk and if it don't work out, then yeah, spend a bit of time on it. Like don't take the risk because you're not a millionaire in a fucking week that you give in. Like be yeah. realistic. But take the, take, the risk, take the risk and just keep pushing with it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I would, I would caution getting out real quick too without a plan. Like yeah. if, you, if you are going to look at getting into business, do like use – Use the army and the military for as much as you can before you leave. 100%. It's a good piece of advice I heard from, um, I think it was Jocko Willink actually on a, a different podcast. He said he tells guys now that are going in and want to join up, he's like, that's great. Like, go and do your thing and that's awesome. But the day you sign that dotted line, start planning for your exit. Yep. Doesn't mean you don't want to do that job anymore. Doesn't mean you have to half-ass or anything or you just look at it getting out. But start doing everything you can from the day you start to make sure that when you leave, you're good. You've got yeah. something. Don't just be like we did and, you know, get fed up with it and go, fuck this, and just throw your D in and leave and then be lost. Didn't, 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 most, didn't most of you Aussies have that concept, though? Because 
not 90% of you medically discharge anyway. No, only when we have to work with the Brits, mate, and carriers blows yeah. our back out. Yeah. Again, that back's hurt, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, plan for it. Do, do as much as you can to, to sort yourself out before you get out. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, something that I send home as well is that maybe the military can look at um, doing something there too. Um, you know, giving the boys, you know, a transitional period of six months. You know, they might not like it, but it will definitely improve life afterwards too. Yeah, it might, for sure. Fuck knows, it might reduce incapacity payment um, claims and DVA claims and all that shit too. Hey, even even looking at giving people more of a ready option for leave without pay. Yeah. Like there's some guys that we Study we option, leave yeah. without pay, study yeah. option. Yep, or great just, option. Just 12 months, like, you know, you get back from deployment over, you're burnt and you're like, man, I'm, I'm getting out, but I'll go in. Look, take 12 months, go around Europe, go chill out for 12 months, leave that pay, do whatever you want, pick up a bar, grow a beard, smoke weed, do whatever. In 12 months' time, come back. If you still want to bail, then discharge. Because I think a lot of us find that in that initial sort of 12 months, you have that first couple of months of like, this is sick, and then you get to like that 9, 6, 9, 12-month mark, and you're like, fuck, man, what am I going to do now? Yep. They'd probably end up with a better retention rate at the oh, end, 100%. which would be good for them, and it'd be good for the people who do – really get out and go, no, no, this is, I'm enjoying this. They can go off and do what they want. 100%. I think yeah. I was just going to add lastly, I know we're going to wrap this up. Um, I think one of the big things as well is just being, like, as you were saying earlier about the military, it, when you're in the military and that, and obviously things are tough and you you do remember the good, it's like having a hangover. You think you're never going to drink again. And then every weekend. And then every weekend you get back on the piss. Yep. That's the, I feel like that's the same with the military. There's not a day that goes by or at least a week that goes by where I don't miss that. You never. You need to understand you're not going to have that that brotherhood that you had in there. You're not going to have that again. And you do separate as you leave and time and real life gets normal. Like yep. Understanding that, that that's how the army keeps us. That's, how, that's probably a big effect of why, how we get when we leave. We, you start to feel lonely because you're so yep. used to that. So just be realistic to the fact of you're just going into normal life. You're not going to be babied like how the military do because that's what they do to keep you in. Definitely good bits of advice there. Um, you know, that sort of draws a close to this today, fellas. Um, big thank you for driving down from Brizzy today, gents. Um, you know, early morning rise. It was difficult for us to get out of bed this yeah, morning. I'm still cross-eyed. Yeah, it's still a bit <laughs> dusty. But, mate, appreciate your guys' time. Um, we know that time's valuable, especially in the space that we're in, mate. Um, both Jacob and John, so... Appreciate that, fellas, and thanks for coming but, on the show today. Mate, so no, Outback Martians, where can everyone find yeah. you? Just your socials? Yeah, yeah, if you jump on the socials, I'll just jump on outbackmartians.com. It'll, it'll flow you straight through there and feel free just to jump in. Or what, what's, your, what's your Twitter handle and Instagram? Uh, our Twitter handle is at Outback Martians and so is the Instagram. Yep. Yeah, so it's easy pretty, done. Pretty, pretty yeah. easy to find. Yeah, and a big um, shout-out to NFT Briz Vegas too. So if you want to get involved, um, you sort of want to dip your toes or find out what it's about, um, you know, that event's on the 30th of 30th, July, isn't it? 30th of July, yeah. 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 It's going to be a good laugh. Yeah, Should be good. Well, thanks for that, fellas. Thank you, um, We'll draw that us. to a close there. Yeah. Thanks for all the input, Dottie. That was tops. Yeah, great work, mate. Yeah, love yous. The War Dogs NFT mission and team and all related podcast episodes and content are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer or other professional.